Good morning again, everybody. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. It's great to know Jesus in a personal way. He's the best friend that we have this morning. He's the best thing that ever happened to my life. And I'll never forget uh, one of my aunts looked at Sherry one day and she says, uh, Honey, I am so glad you walked into Orville's life when you did. He'd be in prison if it wasn't for you. I thought, what a send-off, especially for, from your family. But she took me for better or for worse, so what choice did she have? But you know, today is a great day. I'm glad that I'm a part of your family today. I'm glad that Elm Grove has a great family. And for those that are visiting this morning, God bless you. We're so delighted to have you. And we trust that you know when you come to Elm Grove, you can just be yourself. You can dress the way you want to dress. We're not about dressing up. And uh, just so you have some clothes on, that's the great thing. And uh, the most important thing, we want to love on you. And we want to express the fact that God gave his only son to this world as a gift. So he could teach us how to love one another. And the, the word says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you love one another. The Bible says uh, we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, and then our neighbor is ourself. And I can say from our church family this morning, you do a great job. And I want to commend you highly. I'm so glad I'm a part of your family. We're getting ready to start school again. And uh, <clears throat> this week has been part of the uh, prompting of why I'm preaching what I'm doing, I'm preaching this morning. The other thought uh, that came to me is uh, Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock when I enjoyed Bible study at Dennis's church. Uh, it, the topic of that, that devotion at uh, Wednesday morning was uh, the power of a whisper. And I felt throughout the week the whisper of the Holy Spirit as he whispered some things into my life that I'm going to share with you this morning. Something that I believe is beneficial to all of us. And you know, as a shepherd uh, of this church today, I have one thing in mind. I, I want you to be able to go through life and enjoy life. Not just live a life, but Jesus came that we might have life in abundance. And living in abundance is not just making enough money to pay your bills. Living in abundance isn't just having a nice savings account, but living in abundance is enjoying every day knowing that when God is for us, who can be against us? Knowing that in our worst condition, the Lord still loves us. In our most trying moment, God still loves us. No matter where we're at, how old we may be, where we, what we've done in the past, God still loves us. And uh, as I look at the message this morning, I'm going to say this before uh, I look at our text today. But any shepherd would say, uh, I want you to travel the highway that God has prepared for you. Uh, the Bible refers to it as a highway of holiness. But I came across this illustration this morning that expresses the pastor's respect and perspective of, of his church family. Once a king had a great highway built for the members of his kingdom. After it was completed, before it was open to the public, the, the king decided to have a contest. He invited as many as so desired to participate. Their challenge was to see who could travel the highway the best. On the day of the contest, the people came, some of them in fine chariots, some had fine, clo fine clothing, some fine hairdos or great food. Some young men came in their track clothes and ran along the highway. 
People traveled the highway all day, but each one, when he arrived at the inn, complained to the king that there was a large pile of rocks and debris left on the road at one spot, and that, and that this got in their way and hindered their travel. At the end of the day, a lone traveler crossed, finished the line wearily, and walked over to the king. He was tired, weary, and worn, but he addressed the king with great respect and handed him a bag of gold. He explained, I stopped along the way to clear a pile of rocks and debris that was blocking the road. This bag of gold was under it all. I want to return it to its rightful owner. And the king replied, you are the rightful owner. The traveler said, oh no, this is not mine. I've never known such money in my life. And the king said, oh yes, you earned this gold for you won my contest. He who travels the road best is he who makes the road smoother for those that will follow. And I look at my church family this morning and say, you're that people. And you, through your endeavors, through your giving, through your being a part of Powerhouse Kids, you're being a part of the outreach to the young people today, you are the kind of people that causes the road to be better to travel because of your effort, your love, and your expression as we continue the journey of life. Pastor Jared has given us the outline of our reading each week. And coming across Acts chapter 17, some things begin to speak to me. And then Wednesday morning when I listened to the power of a whisper, something came over my life that brought me to this attention. And with these words, I'm going to turn to the book of Acts chapter 17. And I want to read verses 30, and 30, 30 31, and 32. And my text would be this morning, why repent? Reading the verses begins like this. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Because he's appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man of whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of, of this to all by raising him, which is Christ, from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. I want to take a moment and talk to you about the word repent. Repent means to have another mind or to change your mind. How many in the building this morning, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have changed your mind this week? It's been a, not only changing my mind, it's being readjusted with my attitude several times this week as we're getting Tory ready for college. And I don't want to, don't want to go into the uh, depth of this because I might have to repent again. But it's, a, it's an hour when we are traveling the road of life, some things we don't understand, some things that we get surprised by, and some things that overtake us that we weren't prepared for. But listen to me, repentance is just means changing your mind. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. The sinner must repent before he can become a recipient of salvation by the grace through faith. And the Christian must practice daily repentance, or at least I have to, in order to enjoy an unbroken fellowship with the Lord. Have you ever stepped on somebody's foot who was your friend and you turned around and said, I'm sorry? Have you ever stepped on your wife's foot and you knew you better say, I'm sorry? <laughs> just, just changing your mind. Have you ever thought somebody was mad at you 
and you had already braced yourself for the next encounter when you got to them, they hugged you, they heaped love on you, and you really changed your mind in a hurry, thinking, God, I'm glad they didn't know what I was thinking. Maybe you came home from work, tired, challenged, and just pooped all over. And you really had, when you walked, drove in the driveway, you saw some things in the yard that was out of place. You saw some things when you opened the door that wasn't out of place. And you really intended to let the thunder roll. But something changed your mind, and later you were really glad that you did. Repentance is just simply realizing we're on the wrong road and we need to travel the right road through life if we're going to enjoy an abundance of life. And we're going to be looking at why we need to repent. It's a, it's a lifestyle for the believer. It's a lifestyle. It should be a lifestyle for all of us. But I borrowed these thoughts from uh, Tony Evans and he can only, only Tony Evans can put it together like this. And, but I want to share it with you. It was rich for me. Repentance is when you're going south on the highway and then you recognize you, you need to be going north. Repentance is not just thinking about changing direction. It isn't just watching other folks go by wondering if they're going the wrong direction too. Repentance is looking for the next exit, getting off, crossing over, getting back on the other road on the way home. That's repentance. That's turning the other way. If you, go, if, you are out, if you are 20 miles out of the way and decide to change direction, you must take the exit ramp. That ramp of confession where you agree that you've been going the wrong way. Then you have to pass over the grace overpass where God gives you the opportunity and the privilege to turn around. Confession gets you to the place where you can make that U-turn and grace crosses you over. Now there's another ramp that you must take to get back on the highway headed in the right direction. This is the restoration on-ramp. Confession off-ramp leads to the grace overpass which carries you over and puts you and right in front of the restoration on-camp ramp so you can begin heading in the right direction once the turn has been made and repentance has been accomplished you may still be 20 miles out of the way you might be discouraged because you've gone 20 miles the wrong direction or maybe 20 years in fact many folks get stuck here thinking that since they're already 20 miles out of the way they might as well just keep on heading in the same direction the thing to remember is that when taking a trip, the ride coming back home always seems shorter than the ride going. There's just something about coming home that shortens the feeling of distance, even when the actual distance to cover is the same. Repentance. Repentance. God's Word says there were times of ignorance, and God overlooked that. Before Jesus came into this world, Men walked in a lot of ignorance. But when Jesus died on the cross, buried in a barbed tomb, rose from the dead three days later, he said, there's no more ignorance. He said, I, I, it's time to repent. It's time to allow the, my, the blood of my son to flow through your veins so that your soulish man can turn around. As I look through the Bible today, I, I, I see some things that really stand out. Even in the church world, I see that there was times that repentance needed to take place. And as I was reading my Bible uh, reading for this past week, I, I looked at how 
even in, in Bible days, after the day of Pentecost, and how the church had united in one accord, and the Holy Spirit had been poured out, and thousands of people were turning their lives over to Jesus, the enemy never gave up. In fact, I draw from uh, Acts chapter 15 and verse 36 through 41. There were two great men, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who's credited for over half of the, the New Testament, and Silas, one of the great followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They began to have a com the conversation like this. You know, we planted many churches, and we, we saw many people one to the Lord. Let's just take a sabbatical, and let's go back and see how the brothers and the sisters are doing. And, and let's just check in to see how God's working and moving through the people that we have won to the Lord. And Barnabas was determined. He said, well, that's a good idea, but I want to take my friend John Mark with me. But Paul says, I don't like him. He's not our kind. Yeah, he, he, don't, he don't always talk like we talk. And besides, I just think it'd be better for you and for me. And, but, but Paul just keep, kept insisting. Then in verse 39, says, Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas got his way. He took John Mark with him, and Paul chose Silas. I can tell you this this morning. I love our church family because we're not divided. The Bible says a house that's divided can't stand. We all have our, our, our own opinions. We all have our ideas. But everybody can't have their own way. Even Jesus, when he was facing the cross, in a, in a moment of agony, knowing what he was facing, he knelt on the on the side of the road, and he said, Father, if it be possible, let this bitter cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The struggles of life many times produce things that we are, 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 are not associated with, and yet they seem to surface in times when we're really challenged. Words sometimes fly when we're, we're being challenged, and attitudes seem to go out the window when we're being challenged. But listen, I'm telling you that this morning there's nothing like the power of God's work that enables us to, to accomplish the things of just many times just keeping the lid on. The lady who's here this morning was in the restaurant one day not too long ago. I was having breakfast with Dennis, and she passed the table, and she had some, some jelly left over. And so she said, do you like plum jelly? And I said, yes, I do. She said, well, you can have the rest of this, and I enjoyed it. Uh, only thing, I haven't brought your jar back, have I? I'm in debt to you. I enjoyed that. I, I didn't feel a bit guilty about it. I didn't have to repent. I said, thank you. I'm honored to enjoy your plum jelly. But in the journey of life, there are some surprises that come our way. There are some times when we say things even to our spouse that shouldn't be said. And all the men said, well, that was a little weak, but I know you meant it. I, I can hear the whisper following the service. I was with you, Pastor, but my wife was close enough she could hear. You know, the life that God has given us, He wants it to be a life of, of abundance. He wants us to know that He's for us and not against us. He wants us to know that in the journey of life, we're going to be facing things that are, are way beyond our comprehension. There's going to be times when we will be filled with with Challenges that seem impossible. They, they are such challenges that uh, sometimes we don't know which way to go or which way to turn. But let me say this this morning about repentance. Repentance is not hating somebody necessarily. 
Or sin is not just hating somebody. Sin is not just taking God's name in vain. Sin is not just about stealing, coveting your neighbor's wife. You know, I, all the Ten Commandments are not, that's not all about sin, the, the sin that there is. You can just sin by doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Yes. Now, and I'm not including, the, this is the 11th commandment. You can just, you can just be wrong doing, being at the wrong place or at the wrong time. Sin is a rejection of doing right. Now, it's getting quiet, so I know this is a message for this morning. To, to say that sin is what you do is too narrow, for sin is also the rejection of doing right. Have you ever been in a conversation and you knew the person who was speaking was doing right, but the, the three that was listening was opposing and you didn't stand up for him or her? When the priest and the Levite found the wounded man on the road to Jericho, they didn't search his pocket for gold. They didn't see how much money he had. They just simply passed by on the other side. So they witnessed the human suffering and did nothing about it. The clear implication is that the priest and the Levite stood under eternal condemnation despite how religious they were. But whoever has this world's goods, the Bible says, and, and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of fa the Father abide in him? This church has a vision. I, I like the vision of the church. We're not just, we're just, it's not about me, myself, and I. It's not about the body that's gathered here today. When we walk out of here, we'll face a world that doesn't even know many times how to use God's name except in vain. We're living in a world that's upside down today. We're living in a world where the place where I'm standing is people that are standing up for what the Bible says is an abomination. There, we're seeing priests ordained that are homosexuals and gay today. We're living in a world, I don't mind telling you, even if I wasn't ordained in the ministry, I'd be asking, Lord, what in the world is going on in this place? Right's not wrong, and wrong's not right anymore. There's no... I, there's no there's no human reasoning to what's happening in our world today. But listen to me. God's word never changes. And whenever we have the power and ability to do something about a problem and we don't do it, the Bible says that's sin. For instance, he that knoweth to do good and does it not. The power of a whisper is something that I want to talk to you for a few moments about. You won't read this many times what God's saying on the overhead projector. Many times what God speaks to you, you'll never hear in an audible voice. But I can tell you, I believe today through repentance and through keeping our hands clean and our hearts pure, we can hear the Lord in a whisper. And my desire is I've been studying and reaching out in this area. Lord, I want the power to hear you whisper. I was at the rodeo all three nights, not because I rode a horse. I wanted to come and see if Todd was going to get bucked off. And three times that horse turned sideways, and I thought, this is the hour. But he knew exactly how to handle a horse. And right. I watched some of the cowboys come through there. They weren't yanking on those reins. They were just reining the horse. They would tap that horse with the, one of the bridles, and, and that horse would turn. And I thought, Lord, I want to be that kind of a horse. At a whisper, I want to be able to say, I want to be sure that's you, Lord. I heard that whisper. What do you have for me? And when we keep our life in tune with the Lord, when we keep our life pure and holy, when we do wrong, even if it's with our spouse, how many times, honey, have I had to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that? 
twice. <laughs> I blew it again. 60 years multiplied by that many times. Wouldn't even scratch the surface. But I can tell you something. God wants you to be in tune. Have you ever got ready to go somewhere or you were going down the road and for some reason you turned and you didn't know why and later on you found out there was an accident that you could have been involved in? Have you ever been going someplace and all at once your plans changed and later you found out you were so glad you were not a part of that party? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they were just really, really lambasting somebody and then uh, when they turned around, that person was standing there. <laughs> Two men owned a hardware store years ago. In the early days, they'd worked, these two partners was in what we call a farm store. They sold all kinds of farm repairs. They sold all kinds of things that a farmer would need. And, and just at quitting time, uh, one of the partners says, I'm going to go back and and locked the back door, and he said, uh, we're going to leave here. And his partner says, okay, I'll take the cash and count it, and we'll leave here together. And as the partner got to the back door, this gentleman runs in right quick, and he says, I just need a half of a stick of a stove, piece of stovepipe. The owner, one of the owners went back to the back, really disgusted, at least that somebody coming in at closing time could have taken a full stick, three foot long of stovepipe. Instead, he wanted us to cut it in two with a hacksaw at closing time. And he walks back to the, his partner who's locking up, and he said, there's some idiot at the front door that's needing a half a stick of stovepipe. And he turned around, and the guy was right behind him, and he said, and this gentleman needs the other half. <laughs> have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? Sin is a cancer. You either get the cancer out or the cancer gets you. An x-ray may show you where the spot on your lung or brain may be, but the malignant cells will multiply uncontrollably and destroy those healthy, sin, those healthy cells. And sin is the same way. Little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little. The enemy doesn't try to steal everything you've got. He just, he just tries a, a little, uh, to bait you a little here and a little there. And he just continues to bait you a little here until a little there until one day you snap and he's got you where he wants you. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay and it'll always cost you more than you want to pay. Listen to me. I want you to know today that it's a great thing to have the gift of repentance. Jesus made it possible that we could say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I want to walk in the light as you're in the light. I want to have fellowship one with the other because the blood of Jesus has made it possible. Hallelujah. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Think about it for a moment. Think about it for a moment. What does the mercy of God mean? The mercy of God means to me, he's, it may not exempt me from all the heartache that I'm going to face, but I can tell you something, when, before the chips fall, God's going to step in and have mercy on me. You know why? Because I want to be obedient to him. I want to do what he's asked me to do. Not because I'm a minister. I want to be one of God's kids when we cross the finish line. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. 
repenting, repenting. Sometimes it just, maybe, one of the, I think one of the greatest challenges today that the enemy is, is offering to the, even to the Christian family is any way he can divide the family. Yeah. Why would division be such a big thing? The Bible tells us why. A house that's divided can't stand. There's power in agreement. The Bible says, where any two shall agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done. Listen, the power of agreement is powerful. The power of agreement will get you in line with the Word of God. The power of agreement doesn't mean I'm always going to get my way. It doesn't always mean I'm going to get what I'm praying for. But one thing about it, when the dust sails, I'm still in right relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not going to get bitter because I didn't get my way. I'm going to get better. And if I get bitter, I'll repent. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But self-righteous will say, I didn't deserve that. I believe I'll just check out. God's not fair. The Bible says he's just and faithful to forgive us. What more could he offer? The gift of forgiveness is awesome to, for me. Maybe you're not who I am or where I've been and what I've done, but I'm telling you, the, pri the privilege of coming boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the, help of in the time of need means everything to me. Because when I know I'm in over my head, it doesn't matter how deep it is. He's always for me and not against me. I look this morning at, at seven churches in the book of Revelation. Seven churches in Revelation chapter 2, I believe it is. Only two churches were not admonished by the Lord, repent. Only two churches were not Ask by the Lord to repent. Why would that be? Because I, I have to tell you, even as a church family, we have to have times of repentance. Even, and, and the great thing about keeping our relationship right, right with the Lord, we know when we have done wrong because the Holy Spirit quickens our hearts. The Holy Spirit. I've even met people that weren't even serving the Lord, that, that made a wrong turn, something bad happened, and I've heard them say, I, ju I just had a gut feeling that was a wrong decision. And I wanted to tap them on the shoulder and said, that wasn't a gut feeling, that was the Holy Spirit. Right. Do you know the Holy Spirit speaks to the un un unrighteous just like he does you and me? But I can tell you, sin and the willingness to commit sin will deafen your ears to the whisper of God. The power of a whisper, the power of a whisper, the power of a whisper is everything. And God wants you to know, he don't want to yell out your name. And whatever he would say to us would not be embarrassing. He wants you to learn how to hear a whisper. A whisper in the night. A whisper when it seems like everything has turned against us. A whisper when, when the, the going gets tough. A whisper when we say, Lord, I don't know which way to go and I don't have much time to make my, up my mind. What should I do? And the Holy Spirit quickens us. I've been told many times, man, you're a lucky guy. I said, no, I'm not lucky. I have a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. And if he's willing to do me, treat me that way, he's willing to treat you that way because we're all his kids. And nobody is left out. We're going to bring the message to a close shortly this morning because I'm going to spend some time at the altar of prayer today. We have people that walk all walks of life. 
You rub shoulders with different people than I rub shoulders with. You see people I don't see. And you talk to people that I don't get to talk to. But I can tell you something. We are living in the closing hours of this earth. The signs of the time are coming to a close and we're running out of time. And we all have friends that don't know Jesus. We all have friends that, that we love and we appreciate. And all of us have family members that should the trumpet sound this morning. They're on the wrong road. My heart today is, Lord, I want to repent for the people that I meet every day that I just am satisfied by saying, how the hell are you doing? I walked into the hospital this week, a highlight of my life. I walked to room 107, and the man who, who hated the first, uh, the third Friday night of each month, he hated to hear the word rib because he had to cut up about 400 pounds of ribs every third week of the month. He's on his back. He's in the hospital. I walked back to his room. I walked in. I said, here's the guy you despise the most. No, he said, I'm so glad you came by. We had a great conversation. I called him by name. I said, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? If this is the end of the road, are you ready to meet Jesus? And he said, I've settled it all, preacher. I said, well, let me ask you another question. Is there anything I could do for you? He said, matter of fact, there is. He said, the only Bible I have is the one that my daddy had. And he said, I've had to take tape to keep it together so it wouldn't fall apart. He said, wouldn't you find it in your heart to buy me a Bible and bring it to me so when I got ready to read the Bible, it wouldn't fall apart in my hands? Man, dynamite! I can hardly wait to get to Mardell's tomorrow. I'm not only going to bring you a Bible, I'm going to put R-O-N on it. R-A-C-K-L-E-Y. I'm telling you, there's a hungry world out there, church. There's a hurting world out there this morning that would give anything to know the peace of God that lives and resides in our life. I'm telling you, it's not how loud I shout hallelujah and amen. It's the times that I listen to the whispers of God. And instead of following the agenda of religion, sometimes God speaks to our hearts and He tells us and He teaches us how to walk when things aren't going our way. And we don't have to be a part of the religious group. We need to be a part of the people that's listening to God. And I want to brag on you this morning. You're the kind of people I want to go to heaven for. You're not afraid to go and be a part of what sinners are involved in. You're not going to turn your back on the wayward person that may have gone astray. You're going to be a part of their life. And you're going to pray for them until the windows of heaven open and they repent. Hallelujah. It's awesome. It's a privilege we have to repent. As we have some music from the sound, it's still 12 minutes till 12. I want you to stand to your feet. And as many as possibly, I want, you to, I want to meet you around the front of the building this morning. If you want to kneel at the altars, that's fine. If you, if you want to stand and, and, and have your prayer time, that's fine. But as the music starts, I want you to join me this morning. Just step right on out, come right on down. If you're here this morning and you need special prayer, maybe there's an area in your life that just doesn't seem to be working. I want you to stand in front of this podium this morning. Craig, would you help me? I want you to stand right here, and I want to, I want to have special prayer with you. I'm going to ask the elders to also join me. I just feel that there's some needs this morning that God can meet at this altar.
whether it's physically, spiritually, or financially, I want you to stand in this row, and we're going to pray for you, and we're going to believe God for a miracle, because you see, the days of miracles aren't over. God is looking for an opportunity to show Himself strong in behalf of those that will just ask. I'm telling you this morning, I just feel, I feel the presence of God in our, in our midst this morning. Pastor Jared, I want you to come and join us today. I, I just, I, I got up this morning thinking, God, there's something in the air today. There's something you want to do this morning, and I want to be able to recognize at a whisper what you want us to do. He's impressed on my heart. Encourage the people to repent. Encourage the people to lay aside the weight, the sin that easily besets them, and so that they can run the race that's set before us. Everyone in each special prayer, stand right here in a row. I'm going to wait just a moment. There are more needs than two people that are standing here today. Listen, it's not by might nor by power. If you're here this morning, you've tried everything, it's not working, you should be standing in this line today. With expectation, God's going to meet you in a very special way. If you don't want, if you don't need to stand in the line, it's okay. I just want you to bow and be praying. But for those that are coming this morning, we're going to anoint them with oil. We're going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to believe that God's word will do exactly what He said He'll do. Number one, He said, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." He said, I'm the Lord that healeth you. I will restore what the canker worm came into your life to destroy. The thief comes up for the kill, to steal, destroy. Jesus says, I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Come on, Pastor. Step right on up here. Anyone else? Maybe you're being challenged this morning as a Christian. Don't be ashamed to it. Don't be ashamed to acknowledge it. Don't let the enemy leave you or talk you into standing where you're at knowing that you know, need to be in that line. Don't let the enemy talk you out of what God wants to do for you this morning. Would you not do that? We're still waiting. There's still those that want to join us this morning. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. He wants to steal your opportunity of allowing Jesus to walk into your, your house this morning or your, your life this morning because he knows when we pray, God's going to meet your need. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Pastor. You and Craig start on that end and work this in. Calvin, you and I will start here. Thank you, Jesus.